Hey, it's Justin from the DLP Agenda here, and we're taking ourselves a tiny little 4th of July break. We will all be back at some point post-4th of July. And in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this very special presentation of Laughs Count Anywhere. You could usually only get this behind the Patreon paywall, which we love you to death for subscribing to. You get Laughs Count Anywhere, the pro wrestling podcast with myself, Rob Mayer, Eric Woodworth. You're going to hear that coming up. You can get Dork Dynasty with myself, Chris Carlheim, and Mr. Eric Woodworth as well, Story time with Tommy Simbazo and your favorite, the DLP Patreon episode, where we get really greasy into some of the behind-the-scenes to-dos in our personal and private lives. So thank you very much. We hope you have a fantastic 4th of July holiday. If you are a Patreon subscriber, we love you. If you're not, we ask you consider it. But we will always give you free Tuesday episodes as time allows. So enjoy this free airing of a usually Patreon-exclusive Laughs Count Anywhere, the Pro Wrestling and Comedy Podcast with myself, Eric Woodworth, and Rob Mayer. Enjoy. And if you don't think I'm big enough, brother, then you grab a hold of me, and you'll know that I'm growing, my man. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. When I was tasting you, brother, I found you to be not so bad at all. I said, give me a hell yeah. This match scheduled for one hour. Let's count anyway! Welcome to Laughs Count Anywhere. We're back once again. Myself, Eric Woodworth, the one and only Rob Mayer, and Justin Daniel Schlegel here once again. The D and Justin D. Schlegel stands for Dangler. Dangler. Okay. Yes. The Dangler. Justin Dangler Schlegel. Back, back from Japan. The last, that's why you, right? That's why we missed you last time, correct? Yeah. The last time I think you guys had our friend uh, Brian on. Was it Brian? Yeah. yeah Brian we Preston, had Brian yeah. Preston talking Brian Preston. about wrestling. And, uh, you know, he has, he has such an array of knowledge when it comes to the professional wrestling. What does Tommy call him? The hazelnut mamba? What is it? What do they call him? <laughs> it's not right. I don't remember. The beige mamba. The beige the mamba. Beige mamba. I right called there. him the hazelnut. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The milk chocolate cobra. Well, he did a great job. Hey, do you want to do you want to start with something that I have to I have to make sure my door is shut? Yeah, yeah. This 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 might be a continuing story tomorrow. We're recording this June 26, 6:34 p.m. Tomorrow, the 27th, we're recording the Mothership program, the Die Laughing podcast, DLP agenda. So, we are going to Raw. Raw is in town, yes. the CFG Bank Arena. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. It's going to be one week from today. It's going to be the third, the beautiful new arena. It's set to go everything. And it occurs to me, I don't tell the battle acts upstairs that this is happening. And I start avid wrestling fan too. Yes. The whole family, right? The, The kids as well. All of them. It's so, really the only, if we're being honest, it's the only thing like le- common interest you actually share yes. with your significant It might other. be the only connective tissue amongst anybody <laughs> in this house. And yet, rather than foster that, you're bringing me and Eric. And, <laughs> and a guy named Nick Testoni, who I don't even have the cell phone number of. Okay. <laughs> so... Well, here's how this thing grows hair, and it's still, this beast has yet to be shaved. So I tell them yesterday about this coming week, and there's a lot going on. I'm doing this tonight. I'm doing DLP Tuesday. On Friday, we've got Jones Junction. And then on Monday, I got passes to Raw. I got four passes. And dot, 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 before I can finish what's happening, Mm. she's immediately lighten up like a 4th of July firework display. (laughs) I can't finish my sentence before she's on the phone with her mom asking if Nana and Pop Pop can watch Evan. And because this is a great heel turn, Justin. (laughs) Yeah, you have no idea. I'm going to swerve 
swerve. Okay, now I'm maintaining kayfabe right now, and um, you should. I would be great. Listen, I know uh, before we get to the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah. Is that, I don't know how much it costs to get a uh, what's 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 the thing where you can get celebrity shout outs, right? Uh, the cameo, the cameo, cameo, cameo. Just how, the ninety eight rock, by the way. Buy one for me, twenty bucks. How much does it cost to get a Teddy Long cameo to say if you'd like to come to Raw, you'll be facing the Undertaker. Undertaker! <laughs> <laughs> you'll go one on one with the Undertaker player. Uh, I would kill to have somebody from the Fed be the one to tell them as of now, as we sit here right now, because I couldn't cut her off as she oh, called no. Nana and Papa. They think they're going and they're not going. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're oh. not going. Now, luckily, they have yet to tell. She has yet to tell the big kids. So right now she's just excited for a 4th of July weekend because that's one of the only things we've ever done as a family kind of like ocean city vacations. I've taken them to three raws, two SmackDowns and one AEW. So naturally she would, I got raw tickets. Well, let me get the grandparents on the phone. And as I'm literally finger it in the air, like, uh, 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 I hear them. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, he got raw tickets. I'm like, fuck. So I have to figure out in the next 24 hours how to, as Rob pointed out, do my full heel turn. Yeah, and and I think I speak for Eric here as well. We're not giving up our tickets. No, you're not. (laughs) There's zero chance. No, 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 no. You two are going. That's in ink. That is cemented. What if, it's gonna no. be Rob, Eric, Mudge, and Evan. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> no. what if? What if we ask? All right. How about this? Your children can have the opportunity to go. They just have to defeat Rob Mayer and I in a tag match. Yes. 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 <laughs> this, there's gonna be nothing friendly about this world friendship wrestling match. We are gonna have. We're gonna have a grown man and a former rugby player take on a seven year old and a cupcake baker in I, the front yard. I like our chances. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of which, and this story will be updated tomorrow, if you haven't already heard, big, huge, no one knows this announcement yet. No one knows. I was waiting to tell you two. I need you two to have a night free if possible. Eric, I know you're a local fella slanging and banging in the trenches with me. Rob, you are in a different time zone every other day. July 23rd, it is a Sunday. July 23rd, if you guys are in town, okay, I would love to know if you are. If you're not, it's okay. I'm going to try and scrape together as many people as I can for my return to the ring with MCW at their 25th anniversary show. And wait till you hear this lineup. It's going to be... The purveyor of violence, the history of violence, the man who knows nothing but bloodshed and toothless torture, Ken Dixon, formerly of the Dixon line, formerly of the Kings, father-son mm. combination, Ronnie Zuko, who beat the actual shit out of me runs at a rally in the alley <laughs> event, and his son, Ryan Zuko, the faces taken on the bad guys, get ready. It's going to be myself, the royal advisor of the King of Maryland Championship <laughs> Wrestling, Ryan McBride. That's right. I partner mm-hmm. back up with my king and yours, my liege and yours, my god amongst men, and James Ellsworth. Oh, the one and only James Ellsworth. The nice. one and nice. only James Ellsworth returns to the ring. What is your outfit for this character, Justin? What do you wear? Uh, I have a very effeminately short cape. I have a very... <laughs> It's of the cape only goes halfway down my torso. <laughs> I usually have a neck brace as if to say, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I have an excessive amount of kinesio tape all over my body. <laughs> Every joint on my body is damaged. Um, yeah, throughout the night, I constantly, you know, I have an eye patch that the eye patch continues to move all sure. throughout the night. Yeah. And um, I have a couple of these archery sleeves that I, they do nothing, but I think right. they look cool ish and i've got a very nice pair of wrestling boots um what's the voice you do do you do this do you do something oh, no very very fancy very fancy <laughs> i have a bit of i i have i have a bit of a backstage segment with the king of Madden championship wrestling 
Ryan McBride that I'm not sure, <laughs> Rob, if you have ever seen. And I will forward it to you later. Please do. It is in the history of things that I have done in stand-up, most recently, most proud, my stuff with Die Laughing Productions, 98 Rock. This video I will forward both of you later. In the world of professional wrestling, outside of me taking various moves, suplexes, T-bone suplexes, super kicks, suplex pile drivers, and um, the Tower of Power suplex, which was six <laughs> men off the top rope. One of the worst things I've ever done. And a twist of fate from a one, Rebby Hardy, Matt Hardy's wife. This promo is the thing I am the most proud of in the history of anything I've done with pro wrestling. Hell yeah. To the point where I afforded it to Darby Allen, to Brody King, to Chris Jericho, none of which responded to <laughs> Not a single one of them have given me even critique one. And it's about seven years ago. I am dying for you. How about this? We should do another edition of Rob Finds Out. Yes, and you could do a Rob finds out and I'll put together a tiny little montage of my time as the Royal advisor to the King of Maryland championship wrestling, which had a big scoop of cornball meets Renfest meets some actual violence in the case of Ryan McBride and Joe keys and some of the other guys, the Hellcats were in that group. It was a six man stable. And it was a really, really good time. And uh, I added a level of flair and panache to it that it went from I, serious to serious. I'm sure you did. It this is, fun. I know that I think we've discussed this before. I've, at least I've heard Joe, I think, say this. It's important yeah. to mention that, you know, Justin, you're a local celebrity here, you know, especially Absolutely. in the Maryland area. Um, with, but in an MCW ring, you you step down to be a jobber because those people don't care or even know who you are half the <laughs> they time. You, yeah, they, yeah, and they hate you. They the hate ones you. that don't know me want to have the shit beaten out of me. The ones that do know me don't want me there. So yes. I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, the whole place is trying to force you out constantly. I just remember we went to one, I think it was me, Tommy, Joe, Katie were there, the, the, you know, where they have it near the flea market there. And, and just, and then Joe just goes down. He's like, I don't know how the fact he's asking this. They don't like him here at all. He, <laughs> he, but he loves, he loves this though. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm a bad guy. I had it's a like bottom. the comment section has come to the show. Yes, yeah. the comment <laughs> section is the entire crowd. Rob, there was years ago, I think during your hiatus from the world of professional wrestling, for mm -hmm. whatever reason, they've done, um, they've done interviews about this. There's a guy named Brian Gewertz. I'm actually going to give you a copy of his book. I'm going to look this up real quick. Brian Gewertz, mm -hmm. uh, I read this book about a year ago. It's called There's Just One Problem. Two tales from the former one-time seventh most powerful person in WWE. And it's an amazing book. And it is such a window into the locker room culture. It starts off with a legendary um, uh, wrestler's court segment. Are you familiar with wrestler's court? No, go on. Wrestler's, wrestler's court, court is fucking court awesome. Is I, I, I love it, the sound of it. It is it's, it's, this is when the boys police themselves. Dig if it. you screwed up, if you screwed up somehow in the eyes of some wrestler, um, someone was maybe taking liberties in the ring. Someone was returning rental cars in someone else's name in poor condition. Somebody so this wasn't an on air thing. This was no, a, this is in the locker room. Behind the yeah. scenes. They don't, they've never referenced mm -hmm. this. What would happen if there was an infraction perceived amongst the boys or the girls, mm -hmm. they would send you to wrestlers court and the word would get around. Hey, Monday night raw, everyone's showing up an hour early. There's going to be a wrestler's court. Mm. Uh, I think famously, um, God, I think D'Lo Brown might have been taken to wrestler's court for having filthy gear. And he got taken in front of the judge and the prosecutors and the defense attorneys. Mm -hmm. And, and historically, because he was the leader of the locker room, the most most oftentimes the judge was uh, none other than Mark Calloway, the undertaker. The yes. undertaker I was going to guess that. He has the, the most, you know reverence amongst the, the fellow exactly. wrestlers. Exactly. He is the big dog in the locker room. The prosecuting attorney would usually be John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL, mm -hmm. and the defense attorney, usually whoever was accused of something, could pick their own um, their own def defense attorney. And usually penance would be, uh, or punishment would be remitted as, you gotta buy everybody in the locker room a case of beer. Or we're all going out after the show tonight, you're picking up the tab. Or the next time you get a first-class ticket, you've got to give it to the guy mm. who won the case. It would be lighthearted, but it'd be kind of a backstage roast. And this book starts out with the only writer 
in WWE history to ever to be taken to wrestler's court, Brian Gewertz, Brian Gewertz, who now works for The Rock. And he gets into circling all the way back to my bullshit. There is a there's a whole chapter about when they hired uh, a special guest host of Raw for like a year because Vince McMahon watched one fucking episode of SNL. One <laughs> on a flight. <laughs> and he looked at his staff and goes, they have the church lady. Yes, the church, yes they, they, they have celebrities on their show. How often have they been doing this? So like, since they started, <laughs> we should be doing this. And every single week, they would have a new celebrity. And it might have started off with some A-lister or A-minus lister. Fast forward eight months, you have Dustin Diamond, Screech, formerly yes. of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and the crowds fucking hated them. I mean, you could feel the waves of rage just tsunami into the crowd. And it ruined a good year of raw television because they would continuously have this celebrity come out. And for the most part, wrestling fans are a little protective. They're a little gatekeeper-ish. And that's what happens to me at MCW is that you get this local (laughs) D-minus nobody who's invading their safe space, their temple. Justin, come on. You're D-plus. Relax. I'm D-plus, yes. I've been to the opening of not one, but two Wendy's. You're Justin Diamond. Justin Diamond. (laughs) I'm Justin the Dangler Diamond, and they fucking hate me. I have been smacked by kids. I've had bottles thrown at my head. I've had people call me some pretty awful names. Maybe outside of a game of Quiplash, some of the most mm-hmm. hurtful stuff I've ever had anybody tell um, me. I don't think you've an MCW show. I don't think you've ever said this on uh, on the pod before, but this is a story you told me. Did do you want to tell people what Booker T did to you? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's your story. <laughs> oh, I, I love that we had so much to talk about. We haven't gotten any of we'll it. We'll get to it. it. We'll get to I it. Love it. I don't care. Please. This is great. Do you know the story about what Booker T did to Justin, Rob? I do not know. Um, so Booker T, uh, he's actually been known for, uh, even as recently as the Stone Cold podcast, for sometimes playing a little rough, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, people, and when, you, when you're when you a little rough, sometimes, uh, you know, you take liberties with people. Often people will give you receipts. Stone Cold has a great story about, uh-huh. and there's video of it where he gets a little bit, like a big hand like this, and Stone Cold was seeing stars, and he fucking shorthand crosses him in the face right after that. And they're having this moment like, are we about to actually fight right now? Yeah. Like that? So, um, but Justin... <laughs> Apparently, uh, weren't you working a match, as I recall? And then Booker T, outside of the ring, hits you with his fucking meat paw and just fully... He was a special guest commentator. He wasn't in the match, but he was ringside, and he was... Where where was this at? MCW, at the same place I'll be. Okay. It's going to be Joppa Town, July 27th. Just agreed to the match. And uh, I think there's footage of it out there. I'll try and find it and get it to you. But they didn't smarten him up as to hey the pale fellow with the weird stomach not a wrestler not a wrestler he's just a guy he's just this doofus mark we could take advantage of for promotion for our product because he's always wanted to be in wrestling but obviously look at him physically an impossibility so we let him play around he's basically our make-a-wish kid yes no one smartens booker t up to that and we're, we're running around he's on the outside and I believe what got him is that I jumped back from when a wrestler was supposed to um, basically scare me off. And I was going to turn around and there's Booker and he was going to threaten me. And, oh, God, well, I guess I jumped back and my back hits the table. The table guillotines into his midsection. Mm. I turn around and Booker T punches me in the face. <laughs> and- when I say punches me in the face, I mean punches me in the face. He mollywops me right around there. Uh, I felt my jaw move about three inches over here. I hit the deck. I do everything I can to not cry. And I mean, I'm fighting off tears. I'm fighting off tears. And I lay there for a little bit. My face fully swells up. This lip, this lip, puffy as hell. But there is, there is footage. I'll try and find it. I think it might be on their social of him 
hitting me so fucking hard. And I have seen the video. And Justin, this is Justin before he I, I ever saw him take a bump. Just fucking fully hits the. Deck. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't take a bump. I reacted like I got punched by a yeah. five-time WCW WWE champion. There was no sell. I was going down regardless. Of <laughs> you got your ass kicked. It's I got pretty, my ass yeah. actually kicked. Yeah. They didn't, didn't take any acting ability. Just, just yes. get hurt that bad. Now, this yeah. might lead perfectly into an interesting topic that Eric had tonight to where my one technique, skill, capability in the world of wrestling is I think all of us are Rob, Tommy, Eric, Sean, Joe, myself, is to, able to, be, is to speak and to cut a yes. promo and to talk and to chat. And if Booker T heard me on the mic earlier that night talking about what my nefarious group, the Kings would do to whoever dared stand beside us, stand behind us, we'll protect you. Beside us, we'll respect you. And in front of us, we'll destroy you. Either run with us <laughs> or run from us. We Love are it. the Kings. He might've heard that and go, well, this guy's got the chops. Look at his dipshit outfit. Those are real wrestling boots. Mm-hmm. He's a wrestler. I think I'll punch him in the fucking face I- later. I hate him already. Nice. I hate him. He <laughs> deserves to get struck. But then you see me in the ring and say, wow, he's dog shit. We're talking about wrestler disparities tonight. Mm-hmm. From Eric's it'll go idea, either way. Yeah. It could go yeah. either way. Someone that is elite level in the ring and then on the mic, a stuttering dipshit. Or the inverse. Someone that is just Orson Welles on the stick. And then, as Bruce Pritchard would say, he was awesome on the mic, but unfortunately, the bell rang. Yeah. And that, uh, who do you got? So I'll defer to you two first. I've talked enough. I have um, – uh, I'll start with uh, greatest uh, in-ring – Nah, you know what? Let me start with the talkers because the talkers are fun. Now, these are two in people in particular uh, mm-hmm. that I – I personally loved when they're out there and they have a microphone in their hand. But the second a match starts with them, it is like watching poison in the ring. Uh, the number one, uh, the road dog, Jesse James, which. Oh, yeah. God damn. If this motherfucker, <laughs> if I didn't couldn't say every time when they left, uh, the fucking his. <laughs> His Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, children, children of, of all ages. ages. D-Generation X proudly, proudly brings to you. you. And then they do the whole thing. Yes. And the guy had yeah. his stick. Suck it, right? And like there you I, go. Sixth grade to eighth grade, Eric Woodworth would do this every day. But you know what would happen when the road dog wrestled? He would take not great bumps. He wore these weird baggy clothes. He had a th- jab that was his special move and a really shitty mm-hmm. little elbow. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a very fun match to watch, uh, which is why Mr. Ass, uh, a.k.a. Billy Gunn, would have to do all the work and the cool moves. So great tag team. Uh, Road Dog, horrible on the mic, uh, horrible in ring. The other one, and I swear he probably he follows a lot of it, um, a Salisbury University alumni ends Enzo Amore, who is now defunct from the WWE. Great example. Um, A man who has knocked and concussed himself in ring, not by taking a bump, just by like trying to slide under the ropes. Um, He's real bad in ring uh, and also apparently a horrible locker room person. But uh, nevertheless, those are my two talkers. Uh, Are there any that come to mind for you that fit in this category? You know what's interesting? One that just I thought of while you were talking, an absolute uh, same coin, different sign. Rob, again, this is, I think, during a hiatus of yours, and I believe it was around 1999 that they decided to give Billy Gunn the push, the other new age outlaw. They decided to, as they say, strap a rocket to him and see what they had, move him away from Road Dog and let them exist individually. The issue being is that Road Dog could talk, not really wrestle that great. Billy Gunn, considered to be one of the best athletes in the world, but there's a reason that Road Dog did all the talking. So Mm. after the King of the Ring win for uh, badass Billy Gunn, he goes out and cuts a promo so bad that they killed his push that night. And you hear stories about (laughs) it is just search on YouTube, the promo that ended Billy Gunn's push. And I think within six to seven months, they had been reunited. They put them back together. But they tried to put him up against a white hot rock. I mean, a white hot, mm-hmm. not a syllable out of place. Every night on the mic was a roast session for his opponent. And Billy tried to tried to beat him in his own game with a lot of butt puns. He was Mr. Ass. He was the ass man. He's talking about. He's he had no chance. Ass. He had no mm-hmm. chance. 
And unfortunately, it was the inverse to Eric's example. Could wrestle, couldn't really talk. Well, this is a guy that I, I loved, and maybe maybe I'm just not remembering, but I remember loving Jake the Snake Roberts, but when I think about it, I think about his promos, and I think about the DDT, and I think about the snake. But I don't think about anything else. Yeah, um, I mean, Jake is a very good wrestler, also a stunning alcoholic uh, during his run in WWE. Uh, But no, I don't remember. But he wrestled a lot, kind of like how Ric Flair did in those days. Just call your spots as you go. You go out there, you do your work. He's a third generation wrestler. But he uh, Jake was always more. He's from a, a, a grain of people that wasn't about doing spots. It was about telling a story in the ring. So he would, you know, if yeah. you watch any of those guys, they come from right. the Arn. I call it like the Arn Anderson school. You can always see how they do it. They always talk. You'll see these wrestlers. They will target one body part the whole match. And it's like, yes. oh, I'm going to stomp your hand a lot. And your hand's going to be immobilized. But all of a sudden, you're going to have that one spot where you use this disabled arm to knock me over. And that's the kind of stories that Jake would tell uh, in ring. So I I don't think he's ever bad in ring. He ain't like not bad, but there was a disparity because yeah. yeah, he was, he was sure. on the mic. I think to your point, Rob, he was so good on the mic, mm-hmm. and he was so above everybody else, just head and shoulders. Because as to where every wrestler would start to like yell, "I'm going right. to tell you what I'm going to do," mm-hmm. and they would build up. He would get quiet, and he'd tell yeah. you what was going to happen, and you'd almost have to like lean in. Mm-hmm. It was psychologically he was on a different level. So when he was finally in the ring, do you know who you can compare to in modern times? Uh, it would you, Rob, you have actually such a great example for disparity of mm-hmm. Mike and in ring Bray Wyatt. You can't yeah. name one yes, good right. Bray Wyatt match. Mm-hmm. Name one man. What a classic! Mm-hmm. Not talking Shield versus Wyatt family. I'm talking one to one. That's a good point. You cannot mm-hmm. do it. You can't. Yeah, there is a yeah, there's they that. don't exist. He's awful in the ring. It's on the mic. He has an ability. I think it's kind of faded in years or it's gone completely fucking cattywampus with this last weird return. Yeah, it got super weird. Nowhere. Yeah. But during his days of being the leader of the Wyatt family, sort of the mm-hmm. Max Caddy from Cape Fear type character, horrifying to listen to. Jake the Snake esque, and then the bell rang. What about a guy, a couple guys today, one who you would think would be good on the mic and have growing pains in the ring, but I think Logan Paul is killing it in the ring, but on the mic, it's, it feels like it's not natural yet, which you think it should be easier for him being what he does outside of the ring with his stuff. And it, you know what it is? It's a, it, it shows the capability and quality of a wrestler to do it in a live fire situation. Whenever mm-hmm. we watch a Logan Paul, Jake Paul, uh, YouTube series, TikTok, podcast, whatever. Weigh in no matter what it is. So staged. Edited right? staged. and yeah, exactly. processed. Yeah. You're getting such a refined process at the end of it that mm-hmm. then when you give them a live mic, you know who else was like that? You want to talk celebrities that you're like, oh, this person's going to be great was Gronkowski. Kronk, yeah, awful. Kronk was this. <laughs> Kronk, this is a whole other conversation. Shit on the mic, shit in the ring. Yeah. Ever, he, was he, he was, if I could compare him to a wrestler, he was uh, Mongo Michaels, a former <laughs> NFL star who sucked at everything oh, yeah. in wrestling. Somehow a member of the fucking four horsemen that they put Mongo <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, I have two examples. One that's, you know, one of each. Great in the ring, shit on the mic. Great in the mic, shit in the ring, and hopefully I I don't raise the ire of some fans because mm. these are a listers. These are top tier okay. current mega star draws if there ever were any. I'll start one in AEW and one in the Fed. I'm going to start in WWE. This is going to be a real pull, and Rob, I don't expect you to know this, and this isn't worth a a deep dive, but maybe spend some time with a former NXT tag team that went to the main roster and did nothing. But there was a group called the Ascension. And oh. the Ascension was a modern day road warrior wannabe kind of team. Mm-hmm. And they're not who I'm thinking of as far as the disparity. I bring up them for a reason. One of them in the group, there was Connor and Victor. And Victor, I believe, was the small one, correct, uh, Eric? Was yeah, he the smaller of the I thought two? Connor was, I thought Victor was the bigger, balderable guy. But okay. Does I it, okay, go I think on. it was Victor because Connor is in TNA right now. He's an impact. 
Uh, Victor had a voice that voiceover talent agents come if they would hear (laughs) this is Orson Welles this is Ernest Hemingway this is Sir Richard Attenborough this weekend at the pay-per-view what we will do to your very soul they'll write horror wow that voice if I could take that voice and place it inside of Brock Lesnar. I love Brock. I love Brock in the ring. Mm -hmm. I love Brock when he's goofy. I love Brock when he's just insane and going Mm -hmm. off script and destroying elimination chambers. I love the bouncy thing he does with the legs. I like when he's throwing a disabled child in a wheelchair (laughs) down the steps. When he's throwing a one-legged... Here's another (laughs) Rob finds out. Okay. Uh, Does he have... Are you familiar at all with the, uh, the legend of one-legged zach i am not but i'm already a fan <laughs> there was a guy what was his last name eric i don't remember his last name but he had like a a, a reality he got internet famous i think and then did zach he make it on the, didn't he make it on tough enough at one point i don't uh, know okay. if he made it on tough enough but as the legend goes they thought it would be very, very funny in during the, the come-up era of Brock Lesnar if he went in there with a jobber and the jobber had a prosthetic leg and Brock hit him <laughs> so hard he knocked him out of his fucking leg. Yes. They, they accidentally booked the wrong one-legged oh, no. wrestler. Oh, no. And the guy never makes it. There's stories about this. The guy never made it to air. That they booked the wrong Zach. They booked some 59-year-old veteran who could barely move. They have to push it back a week. They pulled on the wrong leg. They yanked on the wrong leg. You ripped off my actual leg. <laughs> but there was this guy, Zach Gowan. Oh, my God. This has to be the next Rob finds out. This dude, Zach Gowan, gets over. The crowd is like, <laughs> what? He would do a one-legged moonsault. He'd do a <laughs> one-legged dropkick. And sure, for like a year, he would feud with Brock Lesnar. When I tell you he has maybe five The figure pounds, two leg lock. Yes. The figure. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It was. He's <laughs> Possible for him to have an enziguri performed on him. He couldn't <laughs> right. do. He couldn't do a hurricane rana. It's not happening. <laughs> but him and Brock feuded for a year, and Brock beat this man half to death every time that they fought. But the guy made such a good paycheck. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. But when Brock would get on the mic, the voice never matched. Never matched. It never lined up. Well, that's I'm, why I had Paul Heyman for the all those. Exactly. Years. Yeah. What's going yeah. on, boy? I'm ready. I'm ready to do some wrestling. Here's what's going on. <laughs> The I inverse did, of that for me in I AEW. did find a little clip of uh, the one-legged wrestler if you guys want to see it. Share that screen. Yeah, Share go. that screen. We'll do a little mystery science yeah. theater on this real see quick. Ah, between Eugene, the Mexicals, and Zach Gowan, you are going to I miss kiss a lot. Your, you're going to kiss your past self's ass, Rob, for skipping I, about 13 years. It's one of my biggest regrets. Yes. Okay, here he is. There's Zach Gowan. <laughs> <laughs> One legged wrestler, August twenty first, two thousand three, and here he is. Uh, this is, by the way, do you know what do you notice about Brock here? Brock, no what do you notice? Huh. He's got no dick, sword, chest hat. Yeah, this is just what he. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's the mom. That's mom. Yeah. Sometimes you the only thing I hate more than disabled people is their families. <laughs> Step them into your blood. You should have got rid of them when you had the chance, Mom. You made this freak. Yeah. Go, going out to shake his uh, mom's hand here. And mom's not going to shake Brock Lesnar's hand. Hell yeah. Hook around here. But yeah, he does spots. He rips his leg off. It <laughs> shows it to his mom. <laughs> he takes his leg. Shows it to him. <laughs> and flexes. Dude, he pops tits on Gallon's mom. Yeah, beat him. Oh, he's coming back. Yes. Oh, this is. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Just the highlight. That guy looks like a shorter Carl Heinz. Yeah. Yes, he looks like Finn <laughs> Carl. He, he 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 looks like like three out of four limbs. Restivo. He is <laughs> one plated clothing. He is. Oh my god, that's great. Thank you for pulling that up, Eric. There Good you stuff, go. Eric. Uh, the inverse. Before we move on for yes. me, uh, if anybody else has any more, is I, I do have my I have my other disparate my my okay. ba- it grading ring people. I'm um, keep bad this on one quick. Recently returned, one of the best on the mic in modern era. CM Punk, incredible on the mic, 
mm-hmm. has never done much for me in the ring. Now, it's a personal preference thing, but even heyday CM Punk, ROH CM Punk, little bit of TNA CM Punk, Voice of the Voiceless, even Straight Edge Society Punk, has always been more mystique and mic than work. He's had that four-piece tie combo that was kind of, eh. Uh-huh. Go to sleep has never done a lot for me as far as like getting the, he always looks like he's barely getting someone up. And then when they come down, yeah, does it, it really, has he always had cult of personality as, as the song? No, no, he used, he used to come out to uh, kill switch engage. This fire burns used to be uh-huh. it. He was assigned that and apparently hated it, but uh, yeah, his in ring work to me, I'm not going to call it bad because it's not. But, but there's a disparity. It's never done. It, you know, maybe Rob, going back to your point about Jake. Yeah. His in-ring work is in mic work, I should say, on mic, mm-hmm. is so good and Ten. so above. There's mm-hmm. nothing that he could do in the ring outside of being goddamn Phoenix or Osprey or Omega mm-hmm. that can match what he does. Uh Eric, what's your other one? Uh, I'll just rattle these off. Um, I I would say this is probably my biggest as far as cancer to a microphone, but God's gift to a ring and watching him wrestle. uh, The great Dean Malenko. Oh, uh, my God. Speak a lick, but God damn it, is not only so good in the ring, respected by his peers as one of the greatest Mm. in-ring performers. The man uh, of a thousand holes. Yes, and I loved Chris Jericho when he did the, when he claimed that he was the man of a thousand and four holds and then he Arm read bar. a list <laughs> he had a, brought out a list of all th- thousand and four moves that he knew in WCW um, uh, followed by that by his also his uh, uh, RIP and uh, uh, Chris Benoit uh, another one cancer on the mic uh, not, and a bad dad and yeah. then uh, most- also, also a cancer in the house <laughs> yes. yes yes awful and, at home yeah. and my my last but not least, this is a current wrestler, and he could not be worse on a microphone, and I don't know how they can fix him, but in ring, he is just something special to behold, When he, especially if he's working with somebody else who's even close to us, as athletic as he is, uh, Ricochet. Ricochet yeah. is just so... I mean, I go back to his fucking New Japan days when him mm-hmm. and Will Ospreay are doing ridiculous Mortal Kombat-esque flips where they stop Dragon Ball Z. Style and look at each mm-hmm. other, and then you give him a microphone, and he cannot even string a sentence together. It's yeah. fucking bad. Big disparity. Big disparity. Uh, well, you want to jump off from that point, Ricochet? Let's, he's let's, in let's Money in the Bank. That's, yes, he is. That is this uh, Saturday, I yes. believe. Money in the Bank 2023, mm-hmm. emanating from the O2 Arena, London, England. Brock Lesnar will not be there. I have the match list. Please. If you guys want to kind of go down it, and we're going to end, uh, not the show, but we're going to end this with the Bloodline main event, which we got to get into. Yes. Everything Bloodline. So, Rob, mm-hmm. I'll start with you. Ricochet, Money in the Bank ladder match. I think there is a fan favorite hope to win this. Santos Escobar from the LWO, mm-hmm. Butch, Damian Priest from the Judgment Day, Logan Paul, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, who we just mentioned, and L.A. Knight, Hell which yeah. the yeah. fans have like genuinely grassroots yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have really gotten behind. Who do you think? Well, and I get that because, you know, winning this, it's not about winning and it's about all the times you can walk up to whoever's the champ of whatever title you want and talk shit. It's the presence. It's the holding the briefcase. And LA Knight would be good at that. Would be good at acting like who's he going to, who's he going to try to take the title from a lot of talk shit talking. And he, he had a, what he just beat not the beaten Ray Mysterio's like amazing, but you know, he, he got a clean victory for the most part. So they're building him up. I think, you know, you think about like somebody athletic would win that, like Ricochet. Yeah. But I think LA Knight in it or or I would also like um the judgment day, Damian Priest. I, I could see that. Yeah, he's lined up for a pretty nice singles push by uh by yeah. all accounts. Um funny story, real quick, if we may, I'm gonna jump down here into uh a screen share and I'm gonna share this with you guys. Do you know the origin? Of uh, could you uh, by the way, Eric? Could you enable me to share a screen? Is that possible? Oh, I think I lost you, bud. 
Sorry, yeah, I was on mute, so you don't hear me breathing. Can, can you? Can you? Uh, like can, I share a, can I share a screen, or do you have yeah. to? Uh, let's see. That should work now. And you should be able to do it. Here we go. Thank you so much. L.A. Knight, formerly Eli Drake from TNA Wrestling. Uh, also, the origin of my old wrestling podcast, so I still help out with mm. the Rough House podcast. Do you know the history of how the Rough House got started? What the joke behind mm. it was? It was going to be a podcast about a wrestling organization that didn't exist. Southern Gentleman Wrestling. This guy knows his roughhouse history. Cool Beans, Cecil Green, the sculptor, Mitchell Gorgeous, USA, Adam Gray, Bear Trap, Kenny Snubs, and Mm, a gentleman by the name of the sculptor, Mitchell Gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just wait. Oh, Junior Varsity, Uh, Randy Brass. Yeah, I love that. The Vine Johnny Diamond, what a piece of shit. (laughs) He was awful. We're watching classic SGW. Oh, yeah. oh, there's their hero, USA Adam Gray. There he is. These <laughs> are all. Oh, I love these and names. There is the sculpture Mitchell Gorgeous. <laughs> it was none other than the LA Knight himself. None other than LA Knight. LA Knight was in our make believe federation. That is the sculpture Mitchell Gorgeous for myself and a comedian, Andy Peters, went backstage to an NWA Hollywood show told them the concept, they all cracked up, and they picked characters. And L.A. Knight, at the time, he went by Eli Drake and N.W. Hollywood. He goes, I want to be the sculpture of Mitchell Gorgeous. It's, it's a beautiful, it's perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking perfect, Justin. We wanted to get this thing off the ground. We even did a backstage interview with him. There he is. <laughs> Mitchell Hell Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah I, I turned the audio off. I'm not trying to get caught for a copyright thing. Uh, mm, but, yeah, there is beautiful. SGW footage out there in the wild somewhere. Oh, by the way, we had 50 Cowboys. There was yep. Cowboy Chet Crawford, Cowboy yes. Road Dusty Six String, Cowboy Chet Pickens, Cowboy Shady Slim. There was just 500 of these Cowboys. Just pieces of shit. Um, God, and what that, an amazing time. And then years later, they totally jacked your idea. The Gallo Brothers, uh, the mm. Good Brothers, stole your fucking bit. The Good Brothers didn't. They, I don't believe they did, but I do believe the idea was stolen. What was that goddamn WWE Network show where they did an old timey uh, era? They did it. They yes, did a territory. Southern wrestler. It was like a Southern wrestler style territories thing, and I thought they it was run it. by the Gallows. They were just a part yeah. of it. No, that was all okay. a WWE writing team. Those motherfuckers took SGW. I swear that they got. Mm. They heard about SGW somewhere, and they just jacked SGW. And you know what? What if with you, it, my children? What if you found out your partner from this? The original podcast has just been collecting a check this entire time and just hasn't told you. <laughs> if I find out. If I find said that be true. Cowboy Buck Thunder's former partner. If I find out <laughs> Cowboy Buck Thunder. If I find out that he went to the top. Oh, there was Cowboy Johnny Rash also. There was Cowboy Johnny. Buck Thunder. Cowboy oh, Buck Thunder. So good. Cowboy Johnny Rash. There might have been. Oh, this kid, by the way, I can't remember his name. The guy in the red jacket ended up getting a job with NXT as an announcer. Oh, I nice. remember his name, but the dude was a comedian and got into it. So anyways. Now, now, Justin, we're going to be able to share this on the Patreon. We can put this yes. up for people. So I, you yeah. got to search up. What we're it's referencing. Not on, it's not on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. I'm going to reply to your email earlier. Eric, mm-hmm. uh, take a look there. It is now in your emails as well Sweet. as in either one of your phones. You will see a link to the formerly mentioned MCW promo that I could not be more proud of. July 27th, mcwwrestling.com. Moving on, next match, Money in the Bank this Saturday. So are you guys predicting? Do you have a prediction? L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. Eric, you want the L.A. Knight? I think I want L.A. Knight just because the King of the Ring doesn't exist because if it did, I would prefer him to be the King of the Ring because he would be great as that. But uh, I will – yeah, I mean, I want him to have it. And if not, uh, you know, give give, give him a man who's great in ring. And if you're going to screw him out of getting a title, give it to Ricochet. Okay. All right. Uh, Or – scenario but i need these things to have some a little uh connective tissue as i like to say i would not mind seeing with the bloodline sort of faltering which we'll get into seeing the rise of the judgment day damien mm. priest wins this you have um finn balor win his to do and if they could find a way to shoehorn in a rhea ripley match to have yeah. all three members of that and then on top of that dominic mysterio cody rhodes if this was like a sweep for the judgment day there needs to be mm-hmm. a new dominant faction in the Fed, and I'd love for that to be them. 
Second match is the Money in the Bank for the Women's Championship. Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, one of the ugliest women in WWE history. <laughs> Bailey, Eosky, Trish Stratus. <laughs> well, Zoe it is feels hard like... to look at, by the way. J- just honestly, she'll never hear this. Zoe is a rough look. Yeah. She's well, but that fits her vibe. I mean, she looks like she could kick your ass, which I think easily sort of man. Kind of you hey, got the Shayna Baszler kind of a body in terms of just makes... looks like it's all muscle. Eric, yeah. can you do me a favor and pull yeah. up a a a picture of Zoe Stark? I have and... the whole Money in the Bank crew here. Let's see if we can. Just now show. I'm going to compare her to somebody that I bet has touched quality time. Your other podcast. Mm. Are you familiar with character actor Brian Thompson, who plays the Night Slasher in the Sylvester Stallone film Cobra from 1986? <laughs> he uh, plays the villain. Yeah, I know the act. I know who you're talking about. He's also on the X Files. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. The one who just in the whole movie he goes, "Hey, what's going on, pig? Hey, pig!" <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna share. This I can't. Sh- I can't share because you're host right now. You have to give it back to me. But yes, okay. Here we go. Uh, so that is, <laughs> there you go. That is Brian Thompson. Okay. Oh man. Now let's pull up a picture of Zoe Stark. Okay. And that yeah, is Zoe Stark. That's, it's All close. Right. And hey, give I this love... guy's name again so everyone that's listening can Google Brian Thompson from 1986's Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's who that is. <laughs> so, yeah. I think All she right. kind of looks like Chris Cyborg. Uh, just Jesus, a, she does. Just a shade right there. Uh, for as far as I go, I'm always pulling for my my uh, my girl with the fucking cake, uh, and that's going to be Bailey. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a big Bailey fan, and I won't I won't change. So uh, I know who I don't want to win is Trish Stratus. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. It feels like they have to have the Becky Trish Stratus. They have to meet and there's has to be the the payoff of that, which this would get in the way of either one of those winning it. So I don't know, Justin, who are you leaning towards? I'm going towards Zelina Vega. I think the LWO Mm -hmm. has gotten surprisingly hot. If you would have told me that the LWO, a faction from the late 90s WCW that lasted seven months featuring all the jobber Mexican mm-hmm. wrestlers in WCW that was a moment in time in WCW is more over now than they ever were back then, almost 30 years ago. I'd, I'd call you an insane person. The LWO is over now. Zelina Vega, I think, is over now. I'm yes, going to give it to Zelina sure. and let her have a little... um a little something for that group to covet. Let them be able to walk around with that uh, briefcase in hand, and maybe she runs out there, cashes it in. The rest of the LWO protects the ring while she goes and gets what rightfully hers. So I'll go vague. I'm going to go EO Sky, and she's going to she's going to take it from Bailey, and that's going to cause their their Ooh. their rift to actually go apart, and they'll have a little mini feud before she actually challenges somebody. Okay. No, I like that too. Also, when you get a chance and no one of your family is around, search EO Sky Butt. Search okay. EO Sky right. Butt. And okay. for a country that's not known for a lot of cake up <laughs> women, okay. she has got a couple of pieces of non bread back there, which is Indian, but it's the closest Asian reference I could come up with. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Liv Morgan's butt recently? I mean, it's it's uh, it was good, but she's had some shots recently on Instagram, and then what she was wearing the other night, it's 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 pretty. And, spectacular i'm glad you brought her up because i have a question about her does mm-hmm. she actually have Liv morgan a fat ass or does she have a crooked spine i think she well, might have i think she might have scoliosis it's it's worth it for that ass i mean it's okay yeah, yeah. i can't tell if she's actually got cake mm. or she's gonna have posture issues in her 50s interesting because yeah. you see a side shot of hers and her her she looked there was this one shot of her coming to the ring back when she was with um what was it riot squad eric was a riot squad? Yeah, yeah, riot squad back in the, the day. People were like, "Is she pregnant? Does she have a gut?" Mm. No. And they did a side shot of her. Her stomach sticks out like mine, but then the, her back curves in, creating an artificial shelf. I don't think she's as caked out as some people believe. Oh, okay. I used to see. I've seen this ass in, and not this per, her particular one, but I've seen this ass in the wild. We used to call them shelf <laughs> shelf booties. Shelf where booties. You could, where, you could, where you could oh, set a beer yeah. on it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. lady looked like she had spinal issues, and she also had T Rex arms. So tiny, Ooh. tiny yeah, arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hell yeah. Uh, moving on to match three of the night, Cody Rhodes, who now looks to be pretty firmly out of the title picture. Maybe this is sort of a side yeah. quest. Is he gets back towards that 
a man that if you told me a year ago he'd be as over and hated as he is as a heel, quite possibly Mm -hmm. the hottest heel in all of wrestling, Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley. Um, I will say that um, Cody Rhodes wins this. Uh, Brock Lesnar also comes after the match and takes him back to Suplex City, setting up a SummerSlam encounter uh, between the two of them. Uh, And I don't think that, I think Cody Rhodes is not out of the title picture. They just don't want him to win it off of Roman Reigns. Um, They're going to have a heel probably take it off of him, and then Cody's going to take it off of that person at Mania. That is my prediction. He's taking the long road, and uh, he's tired of Brock Brock Lesnar and putting hard times on hard times yeah. on daddy mm-hmm. that's a good prediction it's interesting because you've got you know Rhea ripley is so over because she's just fucking awesome she's and she's a like character she also has like oh this could be like the, she could be like the rock or somebody she's gonna get in a movie she has like yeah crossover this is could be like a A-list she, rock, she rocks up my jeans pretty good. Hey now, <laughs> yeah, she's literally good at everything. There's yeah, not a single right. dent in her game. She's incredible on the mic. She's got incredible charisma. She's amazing in the ring, and she's not just hot as balls. She's uniquely hot. Yes, she looks like yeah. no one else in wrestling. If you're buying stock for anybody, just their future. That's who you're. Rhea Ripley, hundred percent. I bet she ends I, up in Hollywood. I 100%. pray. I pray to all the gods that she doesn't um, like ruin her face with shit. Like gets. Right. You know what I mean? Like most of the female wrestlers, as they get older, they start botoxing it up and they want to look puffy because that. they got a couple Don't of b- black yeah, eyes. I'm hoping uh, my worry is that Buddy Murphy runs a batch up in that and blows them insides mm, out, boom. and then she farts <laughs> a kid out and just never snaps back in yeah, place. I mean, this is kind of you know whatever. <laughs> objectifying here yeah. but if you do a pre and post becky lynch she is obviously in better shape than i ever will be as we sit here right now but bodies change a little mm-hmm. bit and some people snap back becky did others haven't and i i worry that just a, a child does a lot of damage both to your body and your finances <laughs> what well, just as while it still yeah. doesn't bounce yeah. back for the pregnancy right. yeah yeah my wallet's well, been looking up at the lights for a little while We'll see uh, how Carmella looks here in about six months. You're person. not kidding, dude. Yeah. Oh, how about how about the tiny Alexa Bliss? <laughs> your finances, oh, yeah. your yeah. finances are on a, on an 18 count right now. <laughs> <laughs> My finances left its boots in the ring yes. and walked to the back barefoot. But I, but I agree with Eric's assessment of the of that match. Cody wins Brock because that's it's still leading to Brock at, at SummerSlam. I'm on Team Eric on that. Yeah. Long story short, I think Mysterio wins. He's super. Hated by the crowd. He's super angered. I think uh, they're going to lean into that, have a little fun. He'll gloat on Monday. Cody will get that back. Move on to SummerSlam. Uh, match four, champion Rollins with that new big gold uh, concession belt. The world heavyweight champion taking on Finn Balor. The leader of the Judgment Day? Does I... he come across to you guys as the leader at all? No. Um, no. He to me either. And, uh, you know, they've done so much to, well, listen, injuries have done so much to tarnish his uh, sweet career and run in WWF here. But the, uh, you know, he's lost. The only thing that was intriguing to me about Balor, apart from his in-ring thing, was the demon. And now we kind of got the Mm. demon even stripped away from us because Edge just beat the demon, um, which was his, like, only thing that he had left. So uh, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I think it's going to be a great match as far as in-ring performance goes from beginning to end because uh, Seth freaking Rollins yeah. um, and uh, and Finn Balor are going to be great in-ring together. But uh, I hope the strap stays on Seth. He's making that title look fucking amazing, and uh, he deserves it. Am I right that uh, Balor... Finn Balor, he won in the first Universal Championship, then lost it, like, immediately? Is yeah, that- he did. This is actually, and this is really good. Uh, I got to tip my cap to him. Long-term storytelling. He gets the uh, the title. He gets called up to Raw from NXT. He wins the Universal title, has to relinquish it because of an injury, and he injured himself in a match with Seth Rollins. And their careers go in two separate directions. Seth Rollins usually award the, uh, towards the top of the card. Finn has always been kind of kissing the top of the card, but not quite there. And I mean, if you want to go back to the beginning of this podcast, you know, disparities in the ring. I'm not ready to call Finn a disparity because he's incredible mm. in the ring, but he is serviceable. 
on the mic. He's not. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks because he kind of has a sweet Irish brogue, which you can't really sound terrifying with his voice. He just yeah. I'm going no to kick your ass. I'm going to get out there and kick yeah, your ass, true. Rollins. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does I'm sound like. Go ahead too and give nice. me the best that I've got. <laughs> he sounds too nice. I'm going to say Rollins keeps the strap, and I'm going to say soon enough, unless the Judgment Day have a clean sweep and become the new ultimate faction in WWE, I'm going to think that soon enough, you're going to see the Judgment Day go their separate ways. Dominic stays with Rhea. Priest, they've got plans for maybe an Mm -hmm. icy run. And Finn goes back to that gatekeeper of the championship. Well, here's my prediction that I think Balor wins. And then tying into the seven years ago, he gets cashed in on immediately and loses. Holy shit. From whoever won earlier in the night. Yes. Oh, Rob with the big looking swerve. Yeah. Dude, he wins. Damian Priest is yes. the briefcase. You want a pop mm. rating on Monday there to we get go. people to come back mm-hmm. to see what happened. Dude, that's yeah, that's, Damian. That, to and, me, that's the best oh, outcome. Yeah, that would be what strong. Yeah. What do you do? Who does Dominic who does Dominic and Rhea side with? I don't know. Ooh, that's the, good. That's good storytelling. Like angles. Yeah. If you really that's wanted to push the judgment day, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. I like it. The only reason I wouldn't do it is because that's sort of what's happening with the bloodline right mm-hmm. now, which we'll skip True. right to who gives yeah. a shit about the tag team women's championship match. It's a don't completely care. useless title. The bloodline, <laughs> the civil war. Yeah. What are you going to expect us women getting along and working together? Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. You only Instagram about it. You don't do it in real life. C 3,800 Hooper Avenue, <laughs> the bloodline versus the Usos, Roman Reigns and solo Soko with Heyman take it on Jimmy and Jay and a bloodline civil war tag team match who emerges as the new leaders of the island of relevancy I will say Roman and Solo prevail I think uh, uh, go ahead Eric I'm going to have to take the opposite I think if uh, you're going against the strength of uh, what they do which is them as a tag team uh, it's going to be the Usos coming out on top Uh, I don't think you can beat the Usos and them unless Jimmy or Jay switch an alliance and uh, and ruin that but uh, I gotta go Usos on that and you know it should be the first little maybe chip off of Roman Reigns is possible, possibly not looking like a total Superman. I'd like to see Roman actually get pinned in it. Dare I say he's the one that takes the L. Yeah, Yeah. that would be huge. I also pick the Usos. I think Sammy Zayn helps the Usos causing a little more rift between Sammy and uh, KO. And then it's Usos versus those two at SummerSlam for the title. Usos retain or get regain the title. How about this? A full a full on uh, bloodline flip, and you have it, the match ends with Sokoa and the Usos super triple super kicking one Roman Reigns for the Ooh. win. So now Roman's out on an island by himself. Yes, he is on the island of irrelevancy. He no longer has yes. anybody on there, and who knows? Maybe even in the biggest betrayal of the group. Heyman goes there you go. the brothers and he's left mm-hmm. completely alone. And after that, he's just gone for a while. Roman broken. He stood over. They've been doing this bit. You're the next in line. Jay, you're the next leader yeah. of the group. You've been trained. You know what? You guys have swayed me. Do it. Do that. They thought Roman was going to take time off after WrestleMania. If he lost the title, he obviously hasn't. Mm-hmm. Let him go away for a while and maybe return next year. Because he's been sitting at the top of the heap so long. Maybe we have. Are you familiar with the night that the DX Army was formed, Rob Mayer, 1997? Uh, I am not, no. Their original DX was Shawn Michaels, Triple H, in China. And there was the famous Stone Cold, Triple H match, or excuse me, Stone Cold, HBK match, WrestleMania. Tyson turns on DX, reveals himself to be partnered up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They tear the shirts, they drink the beer. Next Monday Night Raw... Triple H does a whole to-do about you promised me that Tyson was locked up. You said he was on our side. You dropped the ball. I'm mm-hmm. picking it up. And tonight I form the DX Army. And by that, he brought in the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, we talked about earlier, and a returning Sean Waltman, X-Pac, someone that actually went to WCW and then came back. One of the first people that the WWE got back in an era where they were losing people. 
I would not mind seeing the next night on Raw, on SmackDown, that the bloodline is still together and it grows. That Jay has now taken over the bloodline. Yeah. Heyman's in his corner. Solo's there. They're all blood. They need a wise man. It kills me because he's under contract with MLW, but they have a cousin named the Samoan Werewolf. Jacob Fatu is an MLW. He's a member of the Anoa'i family. As a matter of fact, he might be their actual champion right now. Jacob Fatu needs to be signed by the WWE. He is horrifying. He makes Solo look like Ned fucking Flanders. The shit that he does in the ring is terrifying. I would like to see the bloodline continue. No Roman. He goes away until winter. Maybe he comes back at the Rumble next year, and he comes back as a face because just by virtue of you being gone, people will miss you, and they'll just turn Mm -hmm. to your face. He comes back to reclaim his bloodline, and you get a nice, vicious heel bloodline stable all through the summer that could take on KO and Sammy, to your point, put cracks in KO and Sammy. Those two have had brawls since time immemorial. They will again. No tag team lasts forever, especially not those two. I would love now that we've talked it out loud to see Jimmy and Jay win. Bloodline continues. Roman goes away. The new era of a more vicious bloodline begins. I, I love it. I think the only issue, and maybe, you know, they didn't couldn't really see this coming, but with Roman stepping away, you would think it wouldn't be just to relax. It, it would be to have some movie or something. Yeah. We have a writer's strike right now. Mm. So, you know, maybe that was the plan, and now there's there's no movie uh, to shoot. Oh, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if he takes time off now, then this writer's strike's over. So I, I don't know. But what you outlined would 100% be for that. The golden era of DX was after DX mm. was reformed with Triple H as the leader and went from a three-man outfit, four mm. if you count Rick Rude, to a five-man outfit, Xbox, Triple H, China, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. That's when they really were an army, and that's when they were invading the fucking WCW. They went head-to-head yeah. in the dirt sheets against the NWO. But a pretty great pay-per-view. Uh, six matches on the card as of now. Do they add more? That's a pretty thin pay-per-view, considering if I just jump here mm-hmm. real quick, we don't have to get into it. Well, two uh, of those matches yeah, are going to be like, you know, 45 minutes long or something. Like, like the Forbidden month. Door pay-per-view that just happened this past weekend. We can get into that another time. Right. 14 matches. Wow. That's a, and yeah. by the way, too long. But yeah, and are, are we seeing our? We're not going to see our, our our intercontinental champion in action at all that night. How he do we has not no see match him yet in England. Yeah, he that does. Yeah. Right. It's, that seems like a big miss having uh, Gunter not uh, not in action. That seems wild. Um, are we not going to see Pretty Deadly? I mean, they're from there, right? Yeah, I could see them adding yeah. this week tonight mm-hmm. as we record on Monday. Friday, mm. as they got another SmackDown, two yeah. go-home shows. Pete and Dunn, knows? right? Jimmy? Something Pete Dunn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see them tacking on two more main card matches and maybe a pre-show match. Yeah. But all in all, a pretty good-sounding card. I have sent you guys a clip of the SGW interview that we'll get up on yeah. Patreon. I have sent you the MCW clip. And during this, I have texted King Ryan McBride, and he has agreed to join us on the program sooner rather than later to discuss what is going to be uh, a pretty special night as I return to the ring. He has another announcement he has asked me to not disclose, okay. but he will make it when he comes on here. Former MCW champion, Shamrock Cup winner, the king of Maryland Championship Wrestling, myself alongside him and uh, James Ellsworth, July 25th. Well, I've, I've uh, interviewed James Ellsworth before. He's a very nice gentleman with no la- Last thing, rest in peace, the great Iron Sheik, uh, mm. one of the greatest heels of all time, a life that was an incredible life. And I, I was talking to him the other day, those boots, you know, I, other than like Michael Jackson's glove, there's nothing more identifiable of someone's wardrobe that I look at it and I go, that's Iron Sheik's boots. Uh, yeah. I and the I camel clutch. And, and I want to do this next time or at some point. The Mount Rushmore of finishing submission moves 
and, and finishing move. Oh, yeah. Let's also okay. not forget early mm. Iron Sheik back when there used to be challenges in the ring. And there have been some in modern times. Mm. Can you break Chris Masters' master lock? Can you bench press more than Road right. Warrior Animal? Can you use the Iron Sheik's Persian clubs? Unbelievable. The mm. Persian yeah. clubs were wild. If yes. anybody out there has never seen these two weird clubs, almost yeah. like kettlebells that you swing, that if you don't do it properly, they will tear your rotator. Yes. They will rip <laughs> both mm-hmm. shoulders out the socket. The guy found a second life in the social media yeah. era, the Howard Stern era, the Juggalo era. They all mm-hmm. adopted this guy to where kind of a sad finale to his life, lived mm-hmm. pretty hard, escaped a lot of religious persecution in Iran. No and, better yeah. person on Twitter than the Iron Sheik. I yeah. will tell you that. As far as wrestlers go, he lived for everything. It would, didn't matter whatever the current event was. It was just like <laughs> Putin is being invaded, invades Ukraine. And yes. He was just like, still, I make him suck my cock like Hulk Hogan. Yes. And then it was that was his yes. tweet. Never got old. Never got never, old. I loved, never. I loved yeah, no. it. It was awesome. So R.I.P. Sheiky, baby. And thank you, the DLP Patreon family member. You know, if you're listening to this, you could listen to a new story time with Tommy Simbazo. Oh, it's so good. Listen you to it You could today. listen oh. to a DLP Patreon episode. You can oh, listen there's to, a turn there. Talk about There is yeah. a, you want, I'll give you, I'll give you a little laughs count anywhere oh, no. exclusive. There is an update to the Vegas story. We had theories off mic as to what happened. Mm-hmm. One of us was right. Yes. Oh, One of us was yeah, right. Yes. Okay. There All right. I'm excited. Update. The money has been refunded. Okay. And I can't wait to tell you why on an upcoming DLP Patreon. Mm. Thank you all so much for any dollar you give. It means the world. We hit a very special milestone. Thank you for allowing us to fuck your asses and make you <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later. Uh.